All right, good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. So glad to have you with us here this morning. Signal cutting out often. Yeah, so it is. Many apologies. Okay, um, our catechesis today, we go back to Deuteronomy. We'll be in Deuteronomy 32 and 34. One last reading from Deuteronomy before we jump into Judges. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our memory verse for this week is from Genesis 3. Say it with me. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Genesis 3 verse 15. Our psalm this week is Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath they shall enter my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, first reading today, Galatians chapters 3 and 4. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son, 
into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 32 and 34. Then the Lord spoke to Moses that very same day, saying, Go up this mountain of Abiram, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, across from Jericho. View the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession, and die on the mountain which you ascend, and be gathered to your people, just as Aaron your brother died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. Because you trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel, yet you shall see the land before you, though you shall not go there, into the land which I am giving to the children of Israel. All right, and then skipping ahead. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of the Pisgah, of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the south and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give to your descendants, and I have caused you to see it with your eyes but you shall not cross over here or there. So, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Bath Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. But since then there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, in all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, before Pharaoh, before all his servants, and in all his land and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of Israel. All right, there ends the reading. Okay, uh, questions. Where did, Mount, where did the Lord instruct Moses to go? Yes, to Mount Nebo in Moab. Where was Nebo located? It says across from the Jordan, or Jericho, right? Which is, of course, where they enter into the promised land. What would Moses see there? That's right, all of Canaan. And what would happen to Moses on the mountain? He would die. Why would Moses see the land only from a distance? Well, he's reminded here, right, about the waters at Meribah. You remember that? That was in Numbers 20 that we read that, where he had struck the rock twice rather than just command the water to come from the rock. According to verse 52, um, was God still faithful? Well, yes, of course, right? Because he's giving the land to the children of Israel just as he promised. All right. Now, skipping ahead, how much land 
did uh, Moses see from Nebo? Yeah, all the land, the whole land of Gilead as far as Dan, Naphtali, Ephraim, Manasseh, Judah, the Western Sea, South. I mean, he could see everything. Of course, that's why I see he died with vigor, but he was clear of sight, right? Which we see at the end. He could see. Who else was allowed to see this land? It was a long time ago that we studied this. <laughs> yeah, way back in Genesis 13, the Lord said to Abram, after a lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Now it's finally being brought to its fulfillment. What's another name for Jericho? We see it there in verse 3. Yeah, the city of palm trees. Uh, what was emphasized again in verse 4? <laughs> yes, that Moses would not go into it even though the land was given to Israel. Now here's a question. Um, who buried Moses? Yeah, that's in verse 6. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. Who? The Lord did. Huh. Uh, how old was Moses when he died? I see it in the chat. 120 years. How had God preserved uh, him in life? In particular, it says, yeah, his eyes were not weak nor his strength diminished, right? Yeah, verse 7, I think is where it is. Yeah, that's where it is. Good. How can Moses' life be divided into three parts? We actually get this in the preaching of St. Peter, I believe, in Acts, uh, who divides his li- Moses' life into three, three acts, if you like. <laughs> there you go, Acts, three acts. Get it? Got it. Uh, acts chapter 7, not 8. No, that's not correct. Eight, seven, there. All right, yeah. So this is all... Oh my goodness, the long sermon. It's Stephen, actually, to, to the high priest. I'm sorry, Acts 7. Yeah, that's right. That's Stephen's sermon to the high priest. So Stephen deliver, uh, divides him three ways. So he says, uh, Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. After seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged them and struck them down, etc., etc. And when forty years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of the fire of bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. All right. And then he brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, in the Red Sea, in the wilderness, forty years. All right. So that 120 is divided by three. Forty years in Egypt, forty years in Midian. And then when he's called by the burning bush to go and deliver the people, 40 years leading Israel. All right. Um, according to St. Luke, we see these uh, 40s uh, spin out in the life of Jesus. All right. So I'm going to have to jump around a little bit. But Luke takes this into account. Maybe that's where Stephen or he and Stephen informed him. I'm not sure. 
which direction that went, but uh, let's look at some of this. So, uh, for example, Luke chapter 2. Now, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer sacrifice according to the law of the Lord. Two turtle doves and two pigeons. So how many days was it? Um, after eight days he was circumcised, but when was the, uh, the days of her purification? Well, we studied this back in Leviticus 12. Um, if a woman has conceived and born a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as in the days of her customary impurity. She shall be unclean, and on the eighth day the flesh of the foreskin should be circumcised, we just said. She shall then continue in the blood of her purification 33 days. So seven days plus 33 days is, you got it, 40 days. So we celebrate um, a feast of the purification of Mary um, and the presentation of Jesus 40 days, I believe, after, uh, after Christmas. What is that? February 2nd, I believe. Okay. And then there's another 40 that comes up later on and just a few chapters later. Maybe you know it. Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for, there it is, 40 days, by the devil. Uh, and then one more. This one you probably know quite well. This is uh, also by Luke, but recorded in the book of Acts, which he wrote, where he says, um, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Spirit had been given the command or had given the commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he presented himself, etc. Uh, now let's see. How far do I need to go? Well, it doesn't actually record the exact oh there it is. Um, he himself being alive after suffering many, by many invariable proofs, being seen by them during, there it is, 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. All right, so 40 days from Easter until Ascension. 40, 40, 40. Got it? Pretty cool, huh? How long did Israel mourn the death of Moses? Yeah, it says there in verse 8, they uh, mourned for him. 30 days. Uh, with what was Joshua filled? We talked about this when he was, uh, uh, what do you want to say, anointed, appointed? The spirit of wisdom. Why? Because Moses laid his hands on him. Uh, who else has the spirit of wisdom? Best guess? I bet you can guess it. Uh, too bad Esther's not here. Esther always guesses the right answer. Although she's added, in addition to Jesus, she also says water and blood now. So she's got the three <laughs> possibilities. Pretty good. Um, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. This is Isaiah 11. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So he has the sevenfold gift of the spirit there. Uh, what does the name Joshua mean? We've talked about this, but it's worth repeating. Yeah, it means the Lord saves. And who else has that name? Again, Jesus. What was unique about Moses as far as the prophets go? He alone knew the Lord 
face to face. All right. Excuse me. Like Abraham before him, Moses was allowed to gaze upon the land even though he would not physically possess it. Here Moses walked by faith and not by sight. He was called to trust God's faithfulness as he himself faced death. God would keep his promise and bring Israel into Canaan without Moses. He would also bring Moses into the eternal land of rest that he promised to Abraham. Like Abraham, Moses was encouraged to, quote, see the things promised and to welcome them from a distance, Hebrews 11. God buried Moses in an unknown place so that Israel would not trust in the tomb of the lawgiver, but in the one who would die and rise again for the salvation of all men. Jesus comes as the very face of the Father that we might gaze upon him and live. He is the one greater than Moses, whose greatest sign is his own death and resurrection to redeem us from the condemnation of the lawgiver. All right. Our catechism this week is the second article. We'll just do the explanation here. Uh, I made it a little too big. Let's just make it a little bit smaller. It all fits like it's supposed to. There we go. All right. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. We pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, to redeem us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, taking all the punishment that we deserved for our sin upon himself. He descended into hell, proclaiming his victory over the devil, and on the third day he rose again from the dead, preaching the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life in his name to all the whole world. We give thanks to you for all that your Son has done for us. Help us to know and believe in Jesus. He has now ascended into heaven and sits at your right hand as our Savior and Lord. All the enemies of sin, death, and hell have been placed under his feet, and he now rules over all things for the sake of his church. Give us fervent faith in Jesus and a blessed hope that he will come again to judge the living and the dead, giving the gift of eternal salvation to all who believe in him. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. On this Monday, we pray for faith to live in the promises of holy baptism, for for vocations and daily work, for the unemployed, for the salvation and well-being of our neighbors, for our schools, our homeschools, our colleges and seminaries, and for good government and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. All right. We pray also for... Not all cats. Hold on one second. We also pray for all first responders, doctors, nurses, and those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. We pray for an end to all fear, anxious thoughts, and constant worry. Pray for deliverance from all 
authoritarian, tyrannical, and dictatorial rule, and those who would restrict or censor our faith, as well as our rights to speech, press, assembly, and protest. We ask that you would give wisdom to all those preparing to vote, that they would act according to God's word, and thereby his will. We pray for all military and law enforcement personnel. Pray for those who yesterday celebrated their birthday, Tim and Valerie, those who celebrate today their baptism, Alyssa. We ask the Lord grant healing or his um, care for those who are ill or recovering or having surgery, especially Marcella, Jan, Kelsey, Marlene, Brad, Janet, Timothy, and Pastor Lindau, Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, Steve, and Jean. Pray for our homebound, Bev and David, Willis and Janice and Mickey. Pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church, especially um, the work of the South Wisconsin District and their disaster relief teams. Our mission uh, for our county, Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach, and also the work of the international missionaries, the Federalist family. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Prayer collect for this week. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant to your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also the commemoration of Philip Nikolai, Johann Hiermann, and Paul Gerhardt, uh, three of our foundational hymn writers. Philip Nikolai was a pastor in Germany during the Great Plague, which took the lives of 1,300 of his parishioners during a six-month period. In addition to his heroic pastoral ministry during that time of stress and sorrow, he wrote the text for Wake Awake, For Night is Flying, and O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright known respectively as the king and queen of the Lutheran chorales. Johann Hiermann, also uh, a German pastor, suffered from poor health as well as from the ravages of the Thirty Years' War, 1618 to 1648. His hymn texts are noted for their tenderness and depth of feeling. Paul Gerhardt, 1607 to 1676, was another Lutheran pastor who endured the horrors of the Thirty Years' War. By 1668, he had lost his pastoral position in Berlin, for refusing to compromise his Lutheran convictions, and endured the death of four of his five children and his wife. He nevertheless managed to write 133 hymns, all of which reflect his firm faith. Along with Martin Luther, he is regarded regarded as one of Lutheranism's finest hymn writers. We pray. Almighty God, the Apostle Paul taught us to praise you in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We thank you this day. For those who have given to your church great hymns, especially your servants, Philip Nikolai, Johann Hermann, and Paul Gerhardt. May your church never lack hymn writers who, through their words and music, give you praise. Fill us with the desire to praise and thank you for your great goodness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, 
through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we're going a little bit long, so I think I'll just read uh, the four stanzas that were assigned this week for memorization. Uh, Another classic hymn, this by Paul Sparatus. Salvation unto us is come by God's free grace and favor. Good works cannot avert our doom. They help and save us never. Faith looks to Jesus Christ alone, who did for all the world atone. He is our one Redeemer. What God did in his law demand, and none to him could render, caused wrath and woe on every hand for man the vile offender. Our flesh has not those pure desires the spirit of the law requires, and lost is our condition. From sin our flesh could not abstain, sin held its sway unceasing, the task was useless and vain, our guilt was ne'er increasing. None can remove sin's poison dart, or purify our guileful heart, so deep is our corruption. Yet, as the law must be fulfilled, or we must die despairing, Christ came and has God's anger stilled, our human nature sharing. He has for us the law obeyed. And thus the Father's vengeance stayed, which over us impended. All right, that concludes our congregation at prayer for today, October 26, 2020. Good to have you with us all today. I hope you're well. Um, looking outside, at, uh, we have some light snow on the grass and on the trees. It's a beautiful, crisp, beautiful morning. God's blessings on your day, and we'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs>